One time I was in Destin, Florida with some of my boys on a... Um, some of your boys? Some of my boys. Some of your boys, your four brothers? Yeah, on a spring break trip when I was in college. We were like... It wasn't one of those things where you like go to the beach. We weren't like... We weren't, we weren't like trying to do spring break in Destin. It was more like we were trying to just drive in a general eastern direction from Austin, Texas, and just wound up in Destin. Hmm. And it was depressing as fuck. We're just like doing oxycodone in a hotel room. <laughs> Destin, just, e. just the bros getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we were watching Menace to Society on TV. This was probably like 2009 or something. And they like, you know how they dub over movies um, on TV? Like, for example, one of the best examples is Big Lebowski um, in the scene, like, you fuck a stranger in the ass. On TV, they dubbed it as find a stranger in the Alps. Like, that was always good. Um, Makes no no sense at all, but like, it just sort of like consonants-wise sounds like the actual thing. So if you've seen the movie, you're just like, oh, that's fine. If you haven't seen the movie, you're just like, what but yeah but one on in that movie every time someone would say like fucking cocksucker they would overdub it as perverted backstabber (laughs) (laughs) it's oddly it's oddly specific sounds like uh somebody in the uh the transcription room uh, Mm -hmm. maybe has a has a has a uh, an axe to grind. An axe to grind, yeah. Uh, 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 I, an axe to grind, yeah. The, that was always one of my favorite tactics to edit rap songs. Instead yeah. of like scrambling the word or whatever, or just blanking it out, like they would just change the lyric altogether. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I think the most famous example for me was um, what is in Eminem's My Name Is? Uh, he says, what does he say? Um, I just drank a fifth of Kool-Aid, dare me to drive. And then, what does he say about um, <laughs> killing pedestrians, raping lesbians? But it, like, it sounds like, what does he say? I forget something else, but he totally changed. You know, because that song, when it came out, was like just extremely controversial. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the most notorious I, version was Jay-Z. Uh, I won't say the word. Uh, and I won't say the word that he replaced it with either. I won't even say the, I won't even say the city they were in. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, this is the thing, right? It's like if you like if you replace like certain words, you know, like it loses context. Like I think, like you know. Draco, what is it, a fifth of Kool-Aid? Like, what is this, Kids Bop, bro? <laughs> yeah, it's like the Kids like, Bop version. You know, and also, too, like, like especially if you swap out, like, the word nigga, right, and say, like, something else. It's like, dude, everybody knows what the word is, so you see it, you see the substitute, and you're thinking that, of it in your head, which all, I guess, I mean, you know, <laughs> all Jay-Z did was switch out, the, like, the N in the yeah. word for a J. So it's like he re- retains the yeah, whole thing. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, like, it's like, well, it's like, it's like, yeah, when it gets like with um, for shizzle by nizzle, you know, and, and basically Snoop Dogg had all these white people going around basically saying, nigga, I mean, not really, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, like, personally, like, I didn't feel any type of way because I was just like, it just found funny. But me. it's like, it's, it's, it's an N word surrogate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, until like, you know, until, uh, 
you know, white supremacists start calling me a nizzle, you know, online in my DMs and stuff. I mean, I don't have anything to worry about. It's fine, you know. Let's hope that day never comes. When they start doing uh, epic mid aughts stuff like that, oh, listen, oh that's going to that's going to take me to a very bad place. We we covered it on a couple episodes ago. We didn't cover it, but we talked about it a little bit. But uh, yeah, man, there there it seems like. Uh, Every year that passes, uh, their nostalgia for the past is closer in time to the present. You know, yeah. Like they're nostalgic now. They're nostalgic for like the 2000. You know what I mean? Next, it's gonna be the 2010. So uh, these motherfuckers sitting around watching Fear Factor all day. That's how they got into <laughs> Rogan. You know what I mean? These motherfuckers about to be nostalgic for the future. You know what I'm saying? In that same, in that similar vein about about words and songs y'all know one of my favorite songs is money for nothing and the chicks for free by dire straits uh-huh yeah. i'm taking singing lessons right now okay. uh shout out ann claire and i don't believe in doing bits to friends but i did think that if it was anybody else a funny thing to do in this situation because she was like pick a song that you want to sing and sing mm-hmm. it and then tell me what you like about the way you sing it and all this stuff and then we'll go and try to hit the notes right and all this stuff and I thought a funny thing to do would be to hit them with, well, I'm going to do Dire Straits, uh, Money for Nothing today. And then she's just sitting there thinking, oh, God, is he going to say it? Is he going to say the word? <laughs> the, the, the dual F word. <laughs> <laughs> and that comes in the second verse. So, like, it's got the whole first verse to sweat it, you know? <laughs> You're a kid, but when the dual F words, dual F words. <laughs> Shout out Ann Claire. I partied with her at a wedding this past summer. Um, I never thought about that, though. Yeah. Like your client bringing you a song and you're like, no. <laughs> you can't say that. Oh, man. Oh, God. That's cool you're doing singing lessons. I need to do accent lessons. I want to do accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there is there uh I mean, I guess, right? I guess there are accent teachers if you're an actor or I mean, I mean, I like it, that sounds like something that exists, right? Yeah. That's, that's another thing you missed, Tom, before you got on. Me and Aaron had a new character. His name is Jeffrey Owen. <laughs> Je- he's uh he he does he he does the wildlife specials on Little St. James. So he's he, a, he he's doesn't a naturalist even, for Little St. Oh, James. Okay. He's a wildlife specialist. Yeah, he he just does like he's like he's Steve Irwin's brother. He's Jeffrey. Irwin. <laughs> he's, he's Jeffrey Steve Irwin's Irwin. wayward brother, <laughs> and he just airs a little too close to the Epstein sphere for, for comfort. <laughs> I mean, they they like the the elite, the money elite liked having him around because they, um yes. at parties he would bring he would bring animals like he would just pull out some <laughs> obscure Australian creature out of his pocket and they would be fascinated you know and then then it led to the sex dungeons you know and then from there yeah it's like his it's steve Irwin's down on his luck brother he's also a wildlife specialist but they were like he, he couldn't get a job steve Irwin cornered the market and he looked and sounded too much like steve so they just gave him a job at little st james and they were like Tell they actually the think he's his brother, but he doesn't bother to tell them that he's not. <laughs> there are some people who actually think Steve Irwin is still alive because Jeffrey Irwin still makes Because Jeffrey Irwin, yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Irwin. It's like people thinking that Tupac is still alive in Cuba or some shit. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. But did y'all see that, like, on those Epstein documents they released, like, a few weeks ago? Um, 
Like Al Gore was like at Little St. James one time with his wife and they asked like one of the Epstein victims, like, did Al Gore ever do you ever come into contact with Al Gore? And she was like, No, actually Al Gore was very sweet and nice and like he It's like it was weird. It's like it's almost like they invited him and he had no idea what he was getting himself into. He was just like, Oh, it's a good it's a nice little island and then he gets there. No, this is not Yeah, they're they're just like walking around, they're like <laughs> they're just like they're just like shoving like you know people back in the sex <laughs> yeah he's like sitting on the beach they're wearing like fucking like uh these weird masks and shit filing into a dungeon behind shit. him yeah yeah trying to try to like pass before he Al, turns around Al was hanging out with jeffrey Edwin. Jeffrey <laughs> that's how they he got on the beach that's how he got like environmentalist pilled he met jeffrey Irwin. On Jeffrey Epstein's island. <laughs> see, now this is a red-tailed iguana, you see. <laughs> and Al goes like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. okay, it's a shame these guys are dying off from climate change. <laughs> yeah, huh? he, like, he was so like traumatized by that experience. That's how it like forked in his brain. He was like, I must now commit my life to saving the planet. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> of what transpired on Little St. James. Yeah. But see, he could never tell anybody this story, though, you know? Yeah. Because I'd be like, wait, why were you on Little St. James Island? <laughs> yeah. Listen, right, I right, kind right. of slipped on a banana peel and ended up there. <laughs> yeah. Truth be told. That an epiphany suck. that did not involve pedophilia. Yeah, well, you know, like that movie, Hat, that movie, it was a book we read all the time growing up, Hatchet, like about a, oh yeah, you know, like the plane goes down and you have to survive. Like imagine if that's <laughs> your plane goes down and you're a castaway on Little St. James. <laughs> <laughs> no! So I got to tell you, it's a bad place to be a 15-year-old castaway. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's, like, imperceptibly bad luck. Shouldn't laugh. It's very fucked up, but it's, um... I'm just thinking of, like, uh, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Tom Hanks uh, with Wilson in Castaway. Dude! Sitting on a beach not knowing that a couple hundred meters below him. (laughs) And underground. Actually, he's not alone. He's not deserted on this island. There are people here. Dude, that, that actually... Cause like um, the other night I watched Cruel Intentions, uh, mm. just cause like it's a remake of Dangerous Liaisons, which is based off of a book written in like 18th century aristocratic France. Just some like sex, just like <laughs> sex pests and perverts, perverted backstabbers. Yeah. That movie is about <laughs> perverted backstabbers. <laughs> <laughs> There is a lot of art about perverted backstabbers. Really get down to it. There really yeah. is. I think a lot of art is motivated by perverted backstabbers. <laughs> perverted you backstabber. Yeah. <laughs> that you could remake Hatchet like they did with Cruel Intentions, but he has a hatchet, and it becomes one of those like um, gore movies, like slasher films from the eighties. It's like he he crash lands on Little Saint James with only a hatchet. And they try to kidnap him and induct him into their sex cult, and he's got his hatchet. And he hacks fucking, through all of them. And he hacks he, through all of them, yeah. So it's like taking, he's like taking all this pest sex ring, yes. but with a hatchet. With a hatchet. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And See, then we, need, we, need to, we need to bring back, we need to bring back shit like that. We soundtrack it with ICP music, and we've got a movie. Yes. Yes. I think Gary Paulson died just a few years ago, but um, I, mean, Damn, I think he would. Everybody dying, bro. I think he would let us remake his 
classic book with that new twist on it. The Juggalo St. <laughs> <Saint> James Island <laughs> angle. Yeah, he would let us do that, I think. Um, we, we need to bring back we need to bring back the uh I mean, you know, I don't I don't I'm not a I'm not a I'm a Philistine, so I'm not a cultured man, but we need to bring back oh, if God. they have it if they have it I'm lying. I, I mean I like I like I like science fiction, I like culture. But no, we need to bring back the the uh the vigilante um the vigilante movie man, but not with like you know, with uh, with grisly uh, uh, reactionary white guys, you know. Mm-hmm. L- let you it see, be. Let it seen be. Seen the some... previews for Monkey Man? Yes, yo. This shit looks good, <laughs> dude. I yo, I know it is the joke, man. You know what is it? Uh, uh, Chinese John Wick, yo. But like seriously, like you know that is a that is a model. That is a formula. That is a very formulaic thing that can be applied to any creed, any nationality, any gender, anybody at all can be John Wick. You know. Yeah. I, I I don't know anything about the movie, but I just looked it up, and um, Dev Patel starred, produced, wrote, and directed it. That's the shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, shit, I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to get on that shit, <laughs> where I, like, star, produce, write, and direct my own shit. A lot yeah. going on there, and mm-hmm. it looks gorgeous. Very stylish. It does. It, does. it looks uh, especially gory and, uh, and gruesome. <laughs> yeah, it looks like <laughs> it goes hard, too, on the gore. It probably yeah. sucks, though. So. Let's be real. Probably so. You think so? Everything sucks pretty much. So yeah, everything sucks. That's fine. You know what I mean. Nothing's good anymore. Except um, this program. Except this program. <laughs> yeah, I've realized I've made one of the classic blunders, and that's you know when you um, play hooky a little too long from work, and then yeah. people realize things hum along fine without you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no! Oh, nah, they were like, "Where the fuck is Tom?" Yeah, dude, they were freaking the fuck out. <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? Well, maybe at first. But as time went on, everybody's like, oh, great episode. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> great episode because Tom was great, an old. What you talking about? Great no. episode, guys. And then the next one, oh, this is an all-timer. This is an all-timer. I was like, wait, no, wait a second. <laughs> they, they, they were just saying that to be nice to me and Aaron. I swear to God, you took one more week off, people would be like, what the fuck? Ah! Like, we can't be stuck with these two, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Um, you should never do that. You should never play yourself. You should always go back to work before people realize that things uh, move along more, more, more or less fine without you. That, that, <laughs> or if you were at a job uh, uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, um, you want a job where nobody knows that you're, you're there at all. Uh huh. Yeah, that's true. Outside, out of mind's good too. Totally. Um, I know guys that have been getting paid seven years, <laughs> not doing anything, not, not having a gig like that. Stay at home. Hey, not yeah. going to work. Yeah. <laughs> what a dream! There was a guy in Spain that did that a few years ago. That's uh-huh. in the headlines. Um. Well, to start this week's show, I wanted to share a. Uh, there's a devil's milkshake out there in the world that just happened. And um, I wanted to highlight it because it like perfectly aligns with all my hobbies and interests, all my like, uh, you know, all the things that I'm personally interested in. It seems like most of my interests are about planes Mm -hmm. and how to die in them or from them. Or you know what I mean? Like I yeah 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 yeah. Like you could go like the Muhammad Atta route, or you could possibly yourself jump out of a plane, or 
the Note plane. Note to self, don't let Terrence ever sit in an exit row. <laughs> yeah, when they ask you, sir, don't are you tell him how to open that door? <laughs> sir, are you comfortable sitting? No, no, don't, don't, don't let him sit there. I'll sit there today. I love, I love airplanes, folks. We all know how much I love airplanes. Uh, and this week we got a devil's milkshake that took place on an airplane. Um, so, like, we talked about the 737 Boeing Max 9. You know what I mean? Like, the fucking... The plane where, like, the door was, like... <laughs> yeah. Ripping off like Superman, <laughs> tore the door off and some shit like that. <laughs> Mid-flight. Well, um, to put people at ease, I guess the Alaska Airlines COO flew on a couple of flights... Right next to the door, like on several flights, and like made like a big deal of it, right? Like they did like a press release and like a. All right, all right wait, Terrence, can I can I ask you real quick before, before you continue? Was the door open? <laughs> <laughs> because if the door wasn't open, then it's not a devil's milkshake. <laughs> the door could have ripped off at any moment. Okay, true, true, true. So, but but. But yeah, if he right. really, 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 you know, if he really had the temerity, the gall, you know, he would have had, he would have been sitting there just being whipped around by <laughs> like 150 miles. No, I don't fucking know. I, like 30,000 feet in the air. You know I, mean? I think they should put like um, a screen door that you would see in like a, a house, a rundown like house. Like a mosquito from, like, net door? <laughs> no, here's what they need to do. It's like in Eastern Kentucky, like a hillbilly thing, when somebody like busts their windshield out, how they staple or like tape like a black garbage bag over it. Yeah. That's what they need to do. Just ride it in, like, <laughs> and it keeps like sucking it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they keep. What if they did that on the plane, yo? What if they what if they just came and taped up a plastic bag and that shit? Yeah. <laughs> you can't duck it. Fuck it. <laughs> oh man. Um so funny well i thought that was funny it's like so i'm so i'm sure the ceo was fine I'm she's fine. fine the door he didn't, didn't he rip. didn't he didn't whip out <laughs> he didn't get pulled out like a napkin <laughs> yeah it didn't rip off mid-flight so she was fine but like okay the photo of her sitting next to the door um you could you could see she's a little scared she's a little worried she's a little like <laughs> fuck i drew the short straw like I, I I like okay the reason that I um like the devil's milkshake as a frame for understanding the world is that it, it shows that like even the most powerful people in the world understand that there's still some sort of like t- very tenuous compact between the plebs the like the the unwashed masses masses and the wealthy people so it's like for example like if a king disgraced himself in like medieval Europe he would still have to have some sort of like walk of shame through the yeah. city where yeah. like people threw tomatoes at him and stuff you know what i mean like yeah. that's how you vent yeah. popular outrage it still yeah. exists it's still alive and well today but i mean but i think i think it kind of uh maybe touches upon something that we've mentioned maybe in the past couple episodes about uh uh i mean simply put sort of this mask off sort of uh, yeah. a moment that we're seeing you know where there's not even the pretense of 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 there's not even trying to pretend anymore that you uh you know want to save face you know what i mean yeah. or that you mm-hmm. want to make yourself i'm i'm not articulating myself right now but it's not it's like that yeah it still does exist but it does feel like that 
is waning, you know what I mean? Where the elite are kind of more like, I don't have to fucking prove anything to you. I'm not going to drink this shit, you know? <laughs> also, I have to do say, though, it is very, it is it is slightly, uh, I don't know if encouraging or heartwarming a little bit that she was uneasy about partaking in the devil's milkshake. It's very human. It's like Lot's wife looking back, you know what I mean, and turning into a yeah. pillar of salt, you know? Yeah. I like that a lot. Sweaty palms the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> gripping, gripping the seat. Yeah. I I used to be an orthodox devil's milkshake in and, and think that you could only do it by imbibing a substance of some kind. Now I'm reforming. But ex- experiences can be devastating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm revisionist. I'm revisionist now. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm reformed. Yeah. The neo, no, the neo shake. Uh, well, not Shakespearean. Neo Shakespearean. I say Shakespearean. Um, shout out Chaz Walker for bringing that to my attention. I appreciate it. Um. Okay, let, next on the docket, let's 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 talk a little bit about uh, Aaron and I talked about it on the show with Alexander Avina on the Patreon a little bit, um, but I wanted to rope Biden into this too. But we were talking about Pelosi and how Our anti-Chinese, uh, yes, discrimination. The anti-Chinese discriminations. He said that like. Anybody who's protesting in uh, for Palestine is either uh, Chinese or Russian. <laughs> <laughs> not even, not even like like Chinese American or Russian American. But you are somehow you have been bussed here or flown here from either one of those countries. <laughs> And you don't have American citizenship. It's that like that classic dad joke. If you're Russian when you go in, go to the toilet, and you're American when you leave the toilet. What do you when you're in there? European. <laughs> I'm sure that's what she was thinking. Um, yeah, she's got her wires crossed. Yeah, yeah. she's like, no, it was supposed to be a dad joke. It didn't mean to be a right. Yeah, like, you guys didn't get it. Right. Mm. I I like I saw this tweet that normally I wouldn't like single somebody out like this, but uh, what am I talking about? <laughs> of course I would. I do that all the time. That's what we've been doing for seven straight years. <laughs> no, I normally I wouldn't do this if it was 2016 again. Normally I wouldn't do this thing that has become a model for the show with yeah. the way we just do things here. <laughs> just teed that up like R. Kelly going to the ignition remix. Now usually I don't do this, but uh. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, man. I saw a tweet from at TW Lady Gray. My thoughts on Pelosi's comments about protesters having foreign influence is she's getting intelligence briefings and you're not. Boom, from, bitch. We should get intelligence briefings from from her like I don't know, from her atrophying mind. Like I don't I don't know like the thing <laughs> the thing is, man, is that I've seen people make comments like that like uh-huh. somebody uh, made a reply to me and said that oh well, i've seen enough paid protesters and i'm just like dude you haven't seen any of this <laughs> shit like you, you know that she's full of shit and you know that you're full of shit but i mean 
I, I don't know. What, what is it? Like, what is loser shit, man? It's pathetic. I've seen some shit. It's like a Vietnam vet. Like there were <laughs> there were thirty paid protesters up on the ridge. They were barreling down on us. <laughs> <laughs> they had the whole place astroturfed, <laughs> <laughs> waving around their sharpie placards. <laughs> <laughs> Paid for by George Soros. Wait, no, that's, that's actually the right wing. My bad. That's the right wing. See, yo, they converge, dog. They converge. The right wing talks about Soros protesters and the fucking liberals. <laughs> we were completely surrounded. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Well, Aaron, I think you said it right. Is uh, uh, let's say for the sake of argument that that. U.S. intelligence briefings do not at all have their thumb on the scale that their objective goings on and like, you know, whatever, whatever. And let's say all that's true. The information you get is only as good as the vessel that it's being processed through. <laughs> and I just want to point out that Joe Biden also gets a lot of intelligence briefings, presumably. I don't know. Maybe they just feed him oatmeal these days. I don't know what goes on. But, but, but is it, you know, is it getting out there, you know, forthright and expeditiously and in the, through the best, uh, vessel, you know, and, uh, I can't say with any degree of confidence that's true for either, uh, the chief commander in chief or Ms. Pelosi. No. Her of, uh, happy, what was it? Sunday. Good, good morning. Yeah. What good Sunday. What did you say? He's like, good morning, Sunday. Happy good, happy good. Sunday. Happy good morning. Yeah, I can't, I can't good morning, that. Sunday morning. Good Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a three-year-old coming out of like anesthesia. Dog. <laughs> like, yeah. Just had the wisdom teeth pulled. <laughs> <laughs> For real, dog. Oh, man, dude. It was good morning, Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, good morning, Sunday morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> I saw I saw a couple people edited that to like do some vaporwave kind of edit. It made it look really like surreal and weird and kind of horrifying, yo. It was, uh-huh. uh, pretty pretty. It's like yeah, man. This is this is what uh our uh our uh, politicians, our octogenarians, are good for is making dystopian apoc- apocalyptic memes out of. You know what I mean? Well, it's I, I mean. I don't know, guys. Like, I was really struggling last week because there was like two clips that went around of Biden. Like, fu- one of one of them when he was like, "If don't mess with the men and the men and the, unless you want to bend in the men." And the. You mean you mean the one where the people where he said exactly that and people clapped? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the 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 Great Lakes women's the you don't want the benefit. <laughs> A rapturous applause, <laughs> orgiastic, orgiastic applause. Dude. <laughs> that, that, yo, that set me, dog. What that, one, like, that one, uh, that, that one, set me to the that room, one okay. So it's like that one, and then the brewery one, like the beer, brew beer, the beer, beer, beer dude, beer, Earth Rider, and like, <laughs> which sounded, it was like a Ronnie James Dio lyric or something. Oh, Earth <laughs> You been out too long in the Great Lake Sea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was like I I just posted something like just boilerplate just fired it off. Like we were talking about before we got on air and like 
People, uh, people get really mad at you just for like firing off at the hip. It's just like, dude, I'm just a human being who says shit. Like, you guys put way too much stock in like how smart you think I am. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying at any given time, yo. And I, Seriously, I'm not in control of that shit. It's like Sorry. I tweeted out. I was like, there's no way. I was like, there's no fucking way Biden's making it to November. After I saw the Earth Rider thing, I was like, dude, no fucking way. And, uh, oh my god. And immediately, so it went viral, right? It, I don't know. People latch on to stuff because they need it to be. I mean, whatever. because it was just also just an objectively <laughs> true statement. <laughs> it was one of those things that you see where it's like, it's like looking at a tombstone where it's like, okay, person's name, the day they were born, the day they died. Facts. That's literally what it was like. <laughs> yeah, it's like the old cartoons where like that date's open and then it just gradually comes in the <laughs> yeah. 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 Bugs Bunny's laying there with a daisy. <laughs> I d- Dude, okay. So, like, my comments, man, I swear to God, like, I was, it was, like, filled with people who were, like, you took this out of context. He's had a stuttering problem since he's been 17. It's just, like, it's, like, no. okay. no, no. No. <laughs> Fucking no. I know people with, that have stuttered. I had a fucking... I had speech class. I had all that shit. No. No. There is a stark contrast between cognitive decline and fucking speech impediment. Now, one can beget the other for sure. I understand that. But, like, what is happening there is this man is not there. I'm no. sorry. Yeah. Well, He's sundowning. What, the, ain't, ain't, ain't nothing between them eyes. This is the thing. It's like, it's going to drive me insane because with liberals in the past, you could disagree with them on political things. You could disagree with them on larger philosophical issues. But generally, you seem to share the same reality with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when it comes to science, right? <laughs> Especially when it comes to like, the appearance of things, I mean, depending. If we're talking about soci- socioeconomic structures, probably not, right? Yes. But if we're talking about the way things seem on the surface, they love to tout their their objectivity, right? You know what I mean? That they see things for what they are. But when it comes to this motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> who should be taken to a pastor and so he can graze, you know what I mean? Yeah, Joe should get like, well, no, he shouldn't because he's abetted to genocide, whether wittingly or unwittingly. This but if he hadn't done that, well, nah, never mind. He said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this man needs to go out like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, what I was, that's what I wanted to say. We need to take him out back to the shed. That's what we needed. If he got what he deserved, I'm saying. If he, yeah, if, this is the yeah. just world. Yes, that's what yeah. happened. Well, it, the thing is, the thing is about him is like, uh, you're you're starting to see in the media i mean i've pointed this out multiple times obviously i do think the commentariat is extremely like doomer blackpilled at the moment like they don't have they know that there's no real alternative like i was reading this washington post op-ed from max boot uh oh no the boot (laughs) and the the headline was if trump wins he will destroy the american-led world order and wait, wait, can I just say, Terrence, real quick? It's like what I told you when I was watching uh, CNN one time or MSNBC. It's no longer it's no longer like the language is no longer couched like as if like like 
propositioning Biden versus Trump. It's almost already deterministic or fatalistic as if it's like if Trump wins, if Biden yes. loses, you know. And that's the that's the fascinating thing. I did control F on this article looking for any mention of Biden. It mentions him in the first sentence as Trump's opponent. There's nothing else in the article about how, like, if we're going to avert Trump, we need X, Y, and Z. It's like... Yeah. They, it's like they they themselves are internalized that there's no alternative. There's right? no yes, exactly. He, yeah. Sorry to cut you up there. Bad. That's so. That's like it. You know, it's uh, you know something liberals love to throw out at you too is uh, Einstein's definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. You know, and yet, and yet, <laughs> on the big ones, <laughs> the big questions about who leads the global order and whatever, just in, not in terms of any sort of moral arc or anything like that, but just to you know, keep the wolves at the gates, you know, and not inside the city walls. They just totally punt because out of some, like, weird loyalty to a senile old man. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, like, last week, I guess we'll get into it. I guess we could get into it here, but, like, the U.S. world order, it's like, dude, what have you seen in the last three or four months that would disabuse you of the notion that Biden has already done that. Like, he has obviously already shredded any last thread of fucking credibility the yeah. United States would have at any level to yeah. broker conflicts, to uh, reassemble, like, regional blocks. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this, there is no... I don't know. It's I, I, it's just this weird suspended thing where they like refuse to acknowledge that like what Biden has done has been catastrophic, and of course, like you know, I don't think anything Trump does is going to be any better. Yeah. But they don't. They can't really let their brains go that far. It just has to be that Trump would make it even worse. But it's you. You. Know, that's such. That's a. That's such an interesting point, especially on foreign policy, man. Because you know. We had kept we kept hearing that Trump had um, destroyed and tarnished America's standing in the yeah. world, you know. And Biden wasn't only going to bring us back to normalcy domestically, but he was going to restore America's prestige and honor and shit. But like with everything else, and again, this this is not to say that Trump would have been better or Trump was better about this, but it's just to say that everything that they were saying that well, if Trump, it would be worse if Trump did it. It's all happening under Biden. I mean, actually, too. You know, we, you know, a lot of what we talk about is kind of backgrounded against like this decaying empire, or this neoliberal project, whatever you want to call it. Like, I often think about like how much of that would have happened anyway. You know, yeah. like the erosion of America's standing. You know, because of this sort of imperial blowback. You know what I mean? Imperial exhaustion. So that even if it was somebody like Elizabeth Warren or Hillary Clinton or Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. I mean, it would have been the same fucking thing, regardless of who it would have been. You know what I mean? It just so happens that it seems to be collapsing and deteriorating even faster under Biden because tapioca is swishing around in his fucking skull. You know what I mean? And it's like, outdated. Yeah. Like I took a bite of some Trader Joe's overnight oats and they were rancid. <laughs> That's what it is. I, the historiography on Biden is really fascinating. Like, I was, I went back to... Uh, an article from June 2021 that Rebecca Traster wrote for New York Magazine. And the whole gist of that article was, there was two things. One, Biden's going to run Bidenomics by basically pulling in all the Warren people. 
he pulled in all of Warren's economists to basically implement what became the Inflation Reduction Act and everything. Her of uh, hospitals should uh, be should compete for resources, fine. Yes. Or yeah, should yeah. be docked uh, essential resources if the they don't perform to certain standards. She said, what was her line after our, the Al-Hali hospital got bombed? The hospital explosion was deeply wrong. Didn't yeah, she say it, that? It wasn't she one of the people to also talk about uh, the blast? She was the blast one of the was first people wrong. to propagate the blast. The, the blast, blast was deeply wrong. The blast <laughs> was deeply wrong. But in fairness, the hospital was underperforming. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. She, Who could say? So like, but so it's interesting to like, um, you know, perennial loser Elizabeth Warren. Um, like, he basically pulled in all of Warren's people to run Bidenomics. Um, that was the first takeaway from that article, which is fascinating, right? Because that article was written before the Inflation Reduction Act, and before a lot of those like big cornerstone policies of what would become Bidenomics. Hmm. Um, the second thing, which, though, which, 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 which oh, okay, go ahead. I, 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 even when you say Bidenomics cornerstone policies, I don't even know what they are. But maybe one, that's just because I'm a dumbass. I don't pay attention. But you know, one of them is like the Chips and Science Act. I think is another one of them. So everybody get chips and science. Chips like and reparations. Yeah, you get yeah, chips yeah. and science. <laughs> like, okay. Chips and salsa. The chips and All salsa. Right. <laughs> All right. Okay, whatever. There we go. All right, go ahead. Um, anyway, yeah. the, second, the second thing that I took away from this article, which is, again, fascinating, was that <clears throat> the people who, like, there's this, there's this quote in there from... Uh, is it Jayapal? Is it Pramila Jayapal? Pramila Jayapal or Pramila? Yeah. Is that what is that Tom? Yeah, that's her name. Um, there was this quote in here, there from her, and they were talking about how Biden. They all understood that Biden had a liability, which was that he basically uh, pushed the tough on crime policies of the nineties. He was instrumental in launching the Iraq war and so they all had to like work backwards and try to pose him as the candidate who had listened and learned he had learned deeply from his mis past mistakes and he was going to change and be a better person now because this is what this um quote says uh biden seems to have learned he seems to he he says uh, she says, to see that black women and indigenous people and poor people and Latinos and Asians delivered states that he never thought he could win. He has turned out to be somebody who learned things that probably would contradict what he did in the past. Wait, so, bro, so you telling me this motherfucker, this motherfucker thinks that these people's lives matter because they helped him win the presidency? Yeah. Well, he at, at 80 something years old? That is so <laughs> to, to grim, me, dude. That seems a bit transactional. Right. <laughs> yeah. And what, what one might term a fake friend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A fake ass friend, if you will. Yeah. A fake ass friend. <laughs> That's an ass friend. That's an <laughs> ass, ass, ass friend. <laughs> yeah. And then I just I just find it interesting because if he was the candidate who was supposed to overturn neoliberalism with Bidenomics and that's one. Two, learn from his mistakes. He has comprehensively failed on both counts. <laughs> like there's not he, even any... he could say he's done the exact opposite. He's <laughs> went out of his way to do the opposite with, on both counts. Yeah. Uh, like, did y'all see that clip going around of, I think, to be fair, it was a Kamala Harris event. But still, 
uh, the clip going around of them not allowing those women into the event who were wearing hijabs. What? Yeah. They were they were turning people away at the door if they were wearing hijabs because they thought they were oh. going to have some protests. Sorry. Why are you choosing us not to go in when we have an invite? Right, you specifically singled us out. <laughs> That's racist. Is it because we have hijabs? I'm happy to talk to so it someone is. else. It is because it is. that's clearly, <laughs> I, I was afraid of this. You singled us out of everybody. What? Is that against Democrats? Whole campaign? That's very Islamophobic. That's very racist. I'm sorry. Are you? The same thing at the Australian Open. You show up wearing a kafia, they sent you the other way. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yo, it's, I think. Go, go ahead, Tom. Jeffrey no, Irwin, no, no. I'm just saying, I think people, you're seeing that everywhere now. It's like, you can't go in certain <laughs> places. And... Yeah. He said, Jeff, Jeffrey Irwin. Jeffrey Irwin. Jeffrey Irwin. Jeffrey Irwin's the only, only, only free man in the world. He'll wear his coffee. He'll say, change anything else. <laughs> yo, yo, did it, did it, you guys, uh, you guys might remember this better than I do, but wasn't it a couple days ago that, Man, who was it, man? Uh, you cut this out, Terrence, if I don't remember. But um, wasn't somebody asked, somebody told, it was some Arab-American, like, a Muslim group that was, like, saying that they were going to campaign against Biden, you know? And I think a journalist or a reporter had asked a Biden spokesperson about that. Yeah. And and pretty much, yeah, what was their response? Like, it was pretty much like they just don't give a shit. They, that What it was, it, I think I have it at the top of my bookmarks, Um. What it was was they had asked one of the spokespeople at the Biden um, White House. They said, um, White House, when asked what Biden's message is to Arab Americans as he visits Michigan tomorrow, this was their response. Israel has a right to defend itself. Oh, that's going to play well. Dude, that is so... Dude, because, like, I mean... Dude, I don't even know, man. Because what's that saying to them is that, like, if it means that Arabs must die for... But, of course, he doesn't look at it that way, right? Uh-huh. Which is just, again, just so... I mean, we've talked about this so much, but it's just so absurd to me how he is aiming and driving towards, like, a car crash, you know? Towards something, you know, uh-huh. that he could easily avoid... I mean, I don't know if he could easily avoid it at this point, you know? Well, but it's just... It's, just, uh, it's, it's interesting, like, you know, because you've got... Thomas Friedman in the op- uh, New York Times today saying a Biden doctrine for the Middle East is forming and it's big. And it's like, dude, I mean, at this point, like all I can really chalk up to this guy is just like senile stubbornness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just that's the foreign policy now. It's just yeah. um, there's not even really any deep calculus or thinking behind it. Like there's another op ed in the New York Times today. How Biden beats Trump. This is from Chris Whipple. <laughs> what is with these names, bro? Chris Whipple? <laughs> Chris Nipple. <laughs> he wrote a book. Chris Titty. Yeah. yeah. Titty boy. <laughs> titty boy. Man in my city, yeah, they call me Titty, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Whipple wrote a book called The Fight of His Life Inside Joe Biden's White House. Um, the, the, fight the, of the, the fight of his life the at fight 83, of his bro. Life. The premise of this article is how Biden could turn things around, and he admits up front that he's done a terrible job admitting about how Bidenomics has failed and about how he's let down Muslim Americans and everything. He, he admits all that. He concedes <laughs> he admits, all that up front. 
He admits our bot is a complete failure. <laughs> it's most of the most limp dick presidents in modern history. But that being said. Do I also have degenerative brain disease? Sure, I do. That's like... <laughs> True. Yeah, this, Do I wear know, a diaper everywhere I go? Of course. Starts with that. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like what he does is he like lays down some tips on how because I guess he worked on Biden's twenty twenty campaign and he's like he lays down some tips on how Biden could win, and one of them is that Biden needs to hit he needs to come out strong with a recovery narrative about how like you know Trump ruined the country and Biden made it great again. Um, or how so he's make going. America great again. Or I, Betty, Betty, Biden, Biden <laughs> fulfilled Trump's promise to make America great. Well, that's a but that's a hard needle to thread, even for the uninitiated who are paying like thirteen dollars for a box of oatmeal right now. You know what I yeah, mean? Right. Like, yeah. 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 It's gonna be a tough sale. That's the Will Stansel thing, right? It's like basically just telling people that what they see and know to be true. When it comes to like you know economics in their daily lives, is not the case. You know There's I mean? actually because a thirteenth dimensional chess you don't understand because you didn't go to the University of Minnesota School of Government. Actually, there's a ninth dimensional demon that tells me specifically <laughs> named, Ar- named Earthrider. <laughs> Dude, we As are Demos, aka Earthrider. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna meet Earthrider. We're gonna meet Earthrider. Yeah, he's gonna come like, like Yeah, he's gonna come to he's gonna come to America playing singing Jethro Toll and like hey. split the Mississippi. Can I tell you how I imagine he shows up? Oh. Well if he's just a little guy. He's just on your shoulder. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> Hey Hey, how y'all doing? Hey, y'all got any crystals around here? <laughs> <laughs> and you like flick him off. Be gone, Satan! He just goes. Oh. <laughs> he crawls out of your like your pen pocket, out of your shirt pocket. <laughs> he puts yeah. his little bits up. <laughs> My body's calling the Earth Rider. <laughs> um. Okay, so yes, he should listen to Earth Rider on his shoulder. Uh, and um. There's another tip here. He should attack Trump. Man, this is hard-hitting stuff. He should become a populist for all Americans. Um, Having had Israel's back on October 7th, Mr. Biden should now publicly denounce its near-indiscriminate bombing of Gaza. Uh, Not happening. Not happening. So Um, he should be Trump in every way, except he should should call Israel out, pretty much. I, I love all these are premised on the idea that he'll listen. That he's not yeah, just who's a, reading this? That he's not just a stubborn 82-year-old man who's just going to fucking do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, like, there was a fucking quote. Like, one of the press people asked John Kirby, like, are you going to... Li- is Biden going to listen to the American people on this? And Kirby was like, blah, 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 blah. That's an incredible question to ask. It's like, well, it's like no, American it's people like are not on board with more the than half of American people support the end of the ceasefire. You know mm. I mean? It's like this is the science is in on it. Um, go ahead. Turn. No, you. No, no. I just want to. I just want to like kind of uh, 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 if I could like couch this in. If anyone has an elderly relative or parent, family member, whatever, right? Very stubborn, yo. You know what I mean? Very stubborn, and I mean. You know, I don't even mean to humanize or sympathize with Joe Biden because he's the fucking leader of the free world. You know, he's the most powerful man in the world. And 
it's just insane to me that somebody like Josh Kirby and all these other people and people around him, right? It's like the retinue, right? The retinue, the king's retinue, while he's dying, you uh -huh. know? He's not even dying on the bed, technically. I guess he's propped up, you know? Mm -hmm. Like some fucking uh, Bernie's fucking weekend shit like that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But yeah. they're just kind of waiting, you know? Waiting for him to fucking... I mean, I don't know, dog. It's, it's, I want to say it's elder abuse, but he's also a genocide heir, so He I don't has really regions. Know. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Um... But, like, this is the funniest one. This is the funniest advice for Biden. Let Biden be Biden. <laughs> the president can't run effectively if he's kept under wraps by overprotective advisors. Despite his age and occasional verbal stumbles, he often rises to the occasion in unscripted moments. I, I want you all to listen to these moments where he rose to the occasion in unscripted moments. Um... Think of the 2023 State of the Union address when he outwitted GOP hecklers, or more recently when he appeared in the White House's Roosevelt Room and blasted Republicans in Congress for failing to pass funds for I Ukraine and Israel. Okay, like those aren't really, I wouldn't exactly consider those like Cicero levels of public Remember oratory. Remember when he didn't fall asleep? Remember when he stood up and woke forward? <laughs> um, but this one killed me, man. Badgered by a reporter about allegations of corrupt foreign deals with his son, Hunter, he called them, quote, a bunch of lies. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of lies. He killed it. He killed it, man. Yeah, that mustered a lot there. This one. Dog, is, is it, go ahead, Terrence. Asked if any other Democrat could beat Mr. Trump, the president parried, probably 50 of them, but I will defeat him. <laughs> How is that witty, dog? Yo, it's like, you know what this is like? This is like when Trump drank that water. You know what I mean? Wasn't it after COVID or some shit? I don't know what it was, bro, but he drank some water and people were like, <laughs> the right were like, look at this. Look at the way. Look at his Leadership. poise. And his hands and his fingers gripped the glass. It was very homoerotic. But like, you know, it was just like, are you congratulating this man for being a, for not being dead? Yeah, <laughs> for not spilling water down his chin. Uh, dude. Yeah, like. That's the thing they don't they fundamentally do not understand that like that quote says it all. Biden himself admitted probably 50 other Democrats could beat Trump, but I am the one who's going to do it. Like because he, not even not even I'm the best one to do it, but who else <laughs> is there to do it? And there's no one else to do it. Have you heard some people say that they're just going to use Biden to beat Trump, and then once that happens, then they'll remove him and put somebody else in there or whatever. Mm -hmm. I've heard I've heard people talk about that with Kamala, right? That's like the, that's the most batshit thing I've ever heard. Like that, that's so delusional, man. I've yeah. heard people float that Hillary could get the. Uh, could get put in there. By the way, is she gonna stand up during the convention? Is she gonna stand up during the convention and the spotlight? Is it gonna aim? And everybody's gonna be like, <gasps> she's gonna be like that Norman Rockwell painting. Be Hillary, her moment. Exactly, exactly. dude. That that tweet she had about Barbie, Hillary Barbie, like the one where. Oh um, my god, dude! I I swear to God. I was laughing so fucking hard because that happened the same night that the bri the the brew the brew beer beer was the writer thanks for the Great Lakes like that that happened at the same time and I was like dude I mean tr I, follow me on this uh, I am more convinced than ever that that Hillary is probably <laughs> she's got to be like an a diplomatic envoy sent from like 
the nearest intergalactic planetary system. They were like, you're going like to have to... Like Andromeda some shit? Yeah, like go undercover with their race and understand <laughs> their ways and build diplomatic ties with them. Yeah, and do reconnaissance, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's like God. they just have like a reasonable facsimile of what human life is like. Not really like... Yeah, having experienced it themselves, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like when the hot sauce in the bag. Just not to even harp on it, but it's just an amazing experience because someone posted this the other day. And dude, you know you, you hear about these moments, right? And you don't file them away. This is not a horrifying thing. You file away, like uh-huh. knowing that the U.S. can invade the Hague at any time. Like right. We talked about with Alex Alex last week, but this was just like something that in. A campaign of absurdities you just forget about. Right. And she went on, she went on, I forgot what radio show it was, man, but what, what hip hop radio show. I think like was, Charlemagne, but, I think. Yeah, it was Charlemagne, bro. And she, she, you know, did the hot sauce in the back thing. But you know what she said? You know what she said that I forgot about? She said, did it work? She said, oh, did it work? As in, did it work <laughs> in the pandering, you know? You know what I mean? Like, did it work? Did you like that? And dude, like, as you're saying, Terrence, to confirm, this is what in I mean, an alien wouldn't even say did it work because they didn't want to blow their fucking cover. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I just, I just, I just know like she goes home and she takes off the human mask and like there's like a mouth with like 300 incisor, like fucking sharp teeth, like something horrifying that like if you saw it, they're consensually going down to like her throat, like. <laughs> God, like, that's horrifying. If Fuck. you heard her real name, it would probably shatter your heart instantly. Like, oh, the human tongue cannot pronounce her real name, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's not anatomically capable. She, of yeah. she is not human. I swear to God, dude. H- Hillary Barbie. There's not. It's not real. It can't be. <laughs> All right, well, um, okay, so, like, where I wanted to go on the Biden thing, while we're still talking about it, uh, or, or the Biden-Max Boot thing, about how, like, Trump would destroy the U.S.-led world order. Um, like, when we sat down to talk with Alexander Avina on the premium episode this past week, I had wanted to talk with him about the ICJ case, and the public, like, moral outrage freakout, moral panic about the UNRWA workers. Mm-hmm. And, like, we didn't really get to that. We did touch on it with him a little bit. But, like, we didn't really get to dig into it. Um, and, like, the reason I wanted to talk about it was because the two events were so obviously close together. They were so obviously connected. Like the ICJ case, right? Like Mm. when the ICJ, like we recorded an episode with Lily Lynch last week. That was Thursday. On Friday, the ICJ came out with this like temporary ruling. And the way it was released was, um, I don't know about you guys, but on my timeline, a lot of people were, uh, there was was a lot of debate over it. Like, is it a point in Israel's column? Is it a point for the Palestinians? Like, yeah. How should is we this, interpret this? Is this, this good for the future, for like a united front? I mean, that's the way that I was thinking about it, right? Or maybe not. Or is this just like, you know, another hollow gesture of some sort? Exactly. And I and, and that's the thing. So it's like I saw some people saying that like the ICJ failed Palestinians. 
um, and they sided with the West. They sided with U.S. and Israel. And then I, but then at the same time, I saw people like Ali Abu Nima and Yusuf Munayer saying stuff like, um, "Actually, this is a huge blow to Israel." And I was like, "Okay, that's interesting." Like I, you know, hadn't thought of that. Well, um, if it wasn't clear then, I feel like it became absolutely obvious once there erupted this huge outrage over the possibility that like 12 UNRW 12 UN relief workers had participated in the October 7th attacks and i don't which, know if which, you guys which that, so that's cuz i had missed out on all this completely so is that the accusation that was being made because i mean to me and given the propaganda that we've seen for the past couple months this sounds absolutely fucking absurd yeah. Right? Like, this is like, I mean, I don't know anything about the UN and its hiring practices and how people get, like, um, you know, get background checks. But, I mean, come the fuck on, dog. You think they just let people walk in there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're picking up dudes outside of a Home Depot that want to work on your kitchen or some shit, dog? Like, what are you <laughs> fucking talking? Like, like I don't, I, I, I just, go ahead, Terrence. It's just insane that people believe in that kind of shit, dog. Well, I think the thing is, is the... I think the thing is, is that like, I, I also like you, Aaron. I was kind of in and out last weekend. Like I wasn't really reading the news that diligently. And so then I checked in on the story on Monday when we sat down to record with Alex. And turns out that the story is even more absurd than you could possibly imagine. So like eight different countries pulled aid funding to the UNRWA as a result of this. As a result, as a result of this story. On our Patreon, on our Patreon episode, Alexander called them the axis of genocide. These eight <laughs> countries. I think that's a good way to look at it. That was very good. Very good. Um, but like, w- the reason they did this, it was entirely as a result of evidence and information provided by Israel. It had nothing to do with them independently finding this, or or like a news outlet like Al Jazeera or even CNN or something finding this. It was Classic entirely trust me bro situation. It was a trust me bro situation. It was entirely because Israel went to the United States and said, "Look, they did this." There was the same fucking day that this ICJ ruling. By the way, I think most of these confessions from these UNRWA workers were obtained through torture. Um but fuck? I think the thing is, I, I you know, I once again like and also, I just want to point out that, like, on the same day, there was, like, a conference. I don't know if y'all saw this. There was a conference held where, like, 12 Israeli ministers were handing out flyers and maps about the resettlement of Gaza. One said that Israel had a claim to former Arab neighborhoods on the basis that, quote, King Herod granted it to them. Yo, King dude. Herod. <laughs> King <laughs> fucking yeah, Herod. King, King Herod, that famous hero of the Bible. <laughs> Yo, I, I the guy who tried. By the way, famous good guy. Yeah, I was the, guy, say, the guy also that tried to murder all the Hebrew children. I was yes, exactly. The guy who tried to kill baby Jesus. Yeah, like that was no. what he was known for. Oh my god, oh my god dude, dude. I, again, again, I just think it's also just like, hey, you know, this is not knocking anyone's faith, man. But you know, I'm trying to think of an, an example or an analogy or a parallel in which you could use a fictitious or bomb or or or, or, or something that if, if if at least if happened somewhat historically or has historical parallels is obviously like a, a 
like a, a a lesson to be taught and told to people, a moralistic lesson. Right. I'm just thinking if like, what if we did that about like, what if I decided to like, you know, run a society based off of the great like I don't know uh, 1994 film like how <laughs> do fucking know dog like like or 19 like what I don't even know when that movie came out she's got game you know what I'm saying like I just don't understand bro like it's like I, I don't know man the it, Michael that's, Bay that's movie insane, Armageddon yeah, exactly exactly it's, yeah it's like um, we actually have claim to this we we actually have claim to this asteroid because it's like <laughs> there's no asteroid bro this just exists the, man. the, the asteroid about? was granted to us by the 1995 Michael Bay film Armageddon, where Bruce Willis is hired to drill into this asteroid. So it's ours. <laughs> it's ours. Well, well that really is the goddamnedest thing I've ever heard. Could you imagine being like a like a, 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 a like a judge in America and somebody coming for you with a, a deed from King Herod? <laughs> Two thousand years ago. Two thousand King Herod. Okay, interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> yeah, I don't speak Aramaic for one. <laughs> Let's just start there. <laughs> I don't speak any of these dead languages. <laughs> the the parallels you're right are weird. Just that like King Herod was yes he tried to kill all the children in like Bethlehem. Not a good, not historically a good guy in the scripture. No. <laughs> um, that's I, like right up there with like King Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> uh huh. Um, I think the point to be made here is that there, this is not a fucking coincidence, right? It's like, mm. okay, if that was true, why did Israel sit on this information for three months? Why is it just mm. now coming out? Exactly. And it's just obvious that like. What they're trying to do is because, like, obviously, the thing you immediately saw after this news dropped was that, like, the UN is Hamas. Hamas is the UN. Granted, like, I think that it's probably a fool's errand for anybody to put any faith in, like, international institutions at this point, like the UN or the ICJ or anything. Sure. However, in the same way that I do think there's utility in even doing stuff like, uh, running people for a DA, you know what I'm saying? Like, like running people, like, Doing things to, like, force the contradictions out into the open. Doing disruptive, doing things that are truly disruptive. Yes. Yeah. And and to call out the kind of, like, blatant flimsiness at the heart of these legal frameworks and institutions. Mm. Um, I do think that, like, the fact that Israel is going so hard to discredit the international community does say something about it. And I think it does say something about the utility of what the Houthis are doing and what South Africa is doing in the ICJ. Um, I don't really have anything beyond that to say. I just, again, I, there's just not a fucking coincidence there. It's just obvious that Israel is just, like, trying to discredit the international community in any way possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like any, it's like any, uh, what any hegemony, any hegemonic power um, does, right? You know, uh, they kind of over, they overshoot, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. any, any, any power, any power that they exercise, you know, to, uh, to quell any resistance, any protests or anything like that is an admission that they're not just afraid, but they're also weak, you know? Yeah. To some extent, you know what I mean? So, I mean, lashing out like this, it's like, I mean, not only is it like sort of juvenile, like it's like if it wasn't an issue of, you know, um, like, like just 
I mean, I mean, it's just a gen- it's a genocide happening, you know. But yeah. You would think that it was like a childish high school kind of tit for tat. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're gonna do this to me? Then I'm gonna do this to you. It's just like it's just I don't know. I saw somebody kind of describe the way that the Israelis conduct themselves um, at the UN, whether it was marching in with the stars of David, you know, patched onto them. Yeah. You know, it's just so whiny, dog. It's so completely whiny when it's like, dude, you have the monopoly on violence right now. Right. You know? Yeah, it's just it, it's just, it makes it just disgusting, you know. But somebody feels sorry for the bloodthirsty maniacs, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. Exactly. exactly. yeah, it's it, but it's the same shit as like cops saying that they're an aggrieved, targeted group. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. and a it's, cop could just come into our house and beat the hell out of us anytime they wanted to or kill us, and they wouldn't suffer any consequences for it. Yeah. Exactly, just yeah, like these little fuckers. Yeah, yeah, it's the guy like you know with his a uh, fucking boot on your neck, you know. Talking about like his tendon that his heel is hurting him, you know, and maybe you should ease up, right? And let him take his foot You're off, exactly, you know I mean? right? Like you sprained my foot because I pushed it into your neck. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Jesus fucking Christ. Um. Well, I think that that's you know we're over an hour. It's probably a good place to end it. But I just you know I I I I just cease to be amazed at how long these motherfuckers can keep running this game like this, like. I don't know. I just I saw this. I saw a press conference with Matthew Miller a few days ago, where one of the reporters was like pressing him on that video that emerged. By the way, dude, I don't know. Some of the craziest fucking like videos and images have come out in the last like week. For example, mm. like a bunch of videos and images have emerged from back last month when we saw all those Gazan men being rounded up and taken away. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that they were just executed and dumped in a ditch. Like, yeah, that's... I, I saw that this morning. And and then there was a video of, this was in the West Bank, but Israeli soldiers had raided a hospital dressed as doctors. Yep. One of them was like in a wheelchair, doctors and patients. It's like, and so like there was a reporter pressing Matthew Miller on this. And like I said on Twitter, like I've never really seen Matthew Miller like this kind of just like fatigued. He was just honestly just kind of just like usually he does his whole like derisive like I'm glad you have the fa- more facts than we do blah 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 but this time mm-hmm. he he didn't even really commit to that he was just like we 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 are raising concerns and having difficult conversations just that's just all they say that should be the campaign slogan of 2024 frank conversations Frank conversations. I mean, it's just uh, straight know, talk man. express. Bring back the straight talk express. <laughs> straight talk express. <laughs> I don't mean to pathologize these people, man, because at the end of the day, they're all complicit in uh, a genocide, you know. But, you know, it just reminds me of ta Coates going on Democracy Now!, I think a couple months ago, uh, late last year, and talking to uh, Amy Goodman about sort of like how do these people go to sleep at night, you know? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And how do they continue to keep up this facade and it's not because i care about john kirby's soul you know i don't give a fuck he doesn't have a soul but right. it's just it's just oh, yeah, you know those guys have punched their ticket i don't think there's exactly, exactly. i don't think you can get salvation at this point exactly. that's off the table for these guys. exactly exactly <laughs> but for the sake but for the sake of the palestinian people you know you know for for i mean just 
it's just how long can you keep this charade going, man? And it's not even a charade anymore because it's not like they're, it's like, it seems to be like what you said, Terrence, it's like, they're not even trying to tell you. I mean, yes, of course, they're trying to tell you that something that's happening isn't happening, but they don't even have answers anymore. You know, they, it's almost like a shrug, like a verbal shrug. Yeah, you know? it is. They, what they have done. This is fascinating. Watching it evolve from October and November in October and November, they were saying, well, uh, Israel has the right to defend itself, which they still say. But that's yeah, not their sure. go-to anymore. Their go-to response now is we're raising concerns and having difficult conversations. Yeah, that's talking, all they yeah. say. Which is which is just, I mean, I mean, but that's the classical that's the classical liberal playbook, right? Is that they they constantly say, oh well, we're talking about this, or we're going to, or um, we hear you, know, you discuss this. Oh yeah, we hear you. We're gonna exactly. We see you. We hear you. Exa- exactly, dog. Yeah. yeah, man. It's a yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't bode well that the two hegemonic political blocks in America are this disconnected from reality. Like, I'm serious. Like, and I know it's a very trite point, but I really want people to ruminate on that for a minute. Like, yeah. you've got QAnon and Blue Anon. It's like, a, again, a trite point. But, like, yeah. I would, it's just, it's not even that, like, I disagree with the liberals on politics. Like, of course I do. That's always been the case. Yeah. I would just like them to acknowledge basic fucking reality at this point. I mean, I thought that's like you said before. I mean, you know, I don't know how much I really believe this, but I do believe that that tenuous connection, right? That, you know, you could look at something, you know, and say, okay, like, this is true and this is happening. You know what I mean? And I mean, especially this goes to like anything you can observe, like science. So, you know, I mean, as Biden said, you know, we got to believe in the science, you know, but I mean, with this one case, it's like, I mean, it is truly like the blue MAGA, right? You know, it's like we can believe in science. We can believe the numbers when it comes to climate change and we can believe uh, the economy. And but when it comes to I mean, actually, they do believe that there are 30,000 dead kids. They just don't care. You know, again, yeah. they just don't care. It's a verbal shrug. It's a mental shrug. You know, well, I've just been thinking about this in light of like the Biden administration stance. And honestly, I feel like it's perfectly embodied. You kind of saw glimpses of it with like AOC sort of selling the left down the river in that Ryan Grimm book. But like the best embodiment of it, I think, is Fetterman, who is like completely like he has gone whole hog not only into Israel but the Biden's immigration stance probably yeah. at the cost of his marriage I know that like I know that he had to drop like a proof of wife picture today yeah. like him and his or yesterday like oh it's well, date night dumbass it's, like, tuxedo hoodie ah, bro Giselle Giselle was with me last night dog that's the name right Giselle <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway I mean it's just like dude yeah Fetterman is I don't know man she's, she's yeah do it do it do it I I I just I just, I don't know I I feel like this in the future I I think that it will probably be obvious that 2023 24 was like the year that like progressivism that like vague political term we've been throwing around since Obama like that finally was a dead letter yeah. Yeah, yeah right yeah. yeah no I no I agree with that man I agree with that because I think I think this is I know about to close up but I think this is the one issue that like I mean it's just it's not it's a non-negotiable issue you know what i mean like do you either support like you know the palestinian liberation with no conditions yeah or are you one of those waffly motherfuckers you know right do you support kids in cages at the border or Ex- you know what I mean? exactly 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 yeah now that's an interesting yeah that was the litmus test last election yeah and now we have like the act of murdering of 
children that theoretically these same people say they care about. That is Is true. Is that still going to be paramount for you in this one? Or, Or because it's your guy... You know, are you no longer concerned about the children? Yeah, they, exactly. It is wild. It's it is wild. Like that that article by Chris Whipple that we read. Like <laughs> it does get at something, which is that they have nothing else to run on. They don't even have kids in cages at the border anymore because they themselves came out last week and literally said this is the toughest border policy ever seen in America. So, dude, all you have left, like I've mentioned before, all you have left is scolding people. You know what I mean? Scolding people and trying to make them vote scold and make them feel bad. That's it. And bullying them, essentially, you know. There could be something else afoot here, too. It's like, you know how, I mean, you know how, like, like George McGovern's sort of pres- presidential campaign was sort of the sacrificial end of the New Deal, right? Like, they wanted to crucify it in public. And uh-huh. it was the biggest blowout in political history. Maybe Biden's fallen on a sword of a kind. Maybe could there's be. something else symbolically afoot. Dude, and all this like because it makes no goddamn sense on any logical level. Well, you know, I I don't know how accurate this is. I don't know how good this information is. But I was talking to someone last week who has a lot of friends that work in California in like the electoral, whatever, and they were saying that like when Diane Feinstein was like in her last like months, like her and her daughter, I think even like last years, they were they were both like no. Diane probably needs to step down. Like this is, and they were saying that like it was the Democratic Party who was the ones that were like, no, she needs to stay there. She needs to stay. She's got a base. She's got like support. She will stay and see out the rest. So you mean you telling me that these people who not only like kill babies but are also like necromancers, dog? God, they ring you out like a rag, man. They get every drop. (laughs) And so I, I have to assume that's probably. Biden, like Biden's stubbornness, right, is a big part of it. But I do think that stubbornness is reflected back from the Democratic Party itself, who is just like, well, there's no alternative. We've got nothing else in the tank. Like, but he's, I mean, he's going to do it. Dude, I don't know. I've mentioned this before, but it's like you got people like Lauren Boebert and I guess you had Madison Cawthorn and he had, um, yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course. But it seems like every cycle you have these new crop of right wing cycles, you know. And it's like with the Democrats, when you get someone like an AOC or Rashida Tlaib is a better example, you know, what do you do? You fucking vilify her, right? Or I guess you could say the squad writ large, but a lot of those people have fallen in line, you know? Right. But someone like Rashida Tlaib, you know, who they can easily single out, you know what I mean? It's obviously fucking racist. Well, it's just like, th- I, I don't know, man. It's like they don't even give those people, you know what I'm saying? They don't give those people a platform, you know? They rein them in. Whereas the Republicans let those people who are the vanguard, right, of their reactionary and truly more connected to the base than someone like fucking, I don't fucking know. I always want to think of uh, uh, John Boehner or whatever like that. But you know what I mean? Like somebody who was like a, quote, moderate. Mitt Romney, I guess, you know. My bad, Terrence. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say that, like, on the within the Democratic Party, there's probably two forms of these of the new type of politician one of which is like Buddha judge <clears throat> I don't know why I said it like that said like you're saying that to the microphone there's <laughs> like Buddha judge and Kamala who don't they don't understand politics they don't know how to 
actually they don't understand people they don't understand people I, right but then there's there's like Whitmer and you know our governor Bashir who like their policies are just like liberal boilerplate liberal but well, they like are, a Stacey Abrams type of figure as well right well they I would say Stacey well Stacey Abrams probably more of a throwback even than that you know yeah I think that the thing is is they understand how to defeat their opponents hmm and how to oh, yeah, true. Stacey Abrams. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. They understand how to defeat and ostracize their opponents yeah. in a way that like is just standal- standard political operation going back to like fucking Machiavelli. Like that's yeah. it. You don't yeah, even have to have politics. like a, a broad utopian vision. And again, I don't, don't have even, to believe in anything. Yeah, I don't even support these assholes. Like fuck them. But at the same time like they understand like how to isolate and disarm their opponents and i think that like i I don't know i guess we'll find out if the democrats take that lesson but it seems like they want to go with the flashier Buttigieg and and kamala route uh but it's more entertaining that's that that is way more entertaining i guess i mean listen if we could get if we could get if we could get uh date bread black people and gay people in in all you know in office even though the day bread, but as long as they black and gay, yo, it's fine, dog. So, you know, <laughs> as long as we can get the aliens to wear the black and gay suits. <laughs> like, Listen, oh, I don't want to. I got, I got to put on the black suit again. I don't want to put on the black. We got suit. two models for you. We got black. We got gay. Where, where, which way you go? <laughs> yeah, black and gay, bro. <laughs> Dear God. All right, that's a good place to end it today. Um. Thank you for listening to our program today. Uh, we are three totally not alien uh, beings. We are human beings. <laughs> um, I promise. I promise. And um, if you'd like to hear more of our program, you can go to Patreon at www.patreon.com. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Party. We've been cranking out some bangers, although, as we pointed out at the top of this episode... I think people are just being nice to us. Like they're good yeah. episodes. I think they're good, but I also think yeah. that people prefer it if Tom is on them. You so boys don't know how to take a compliment. People love Tom, man. I know how to take a compliment, bro. I take compliments just, every fucking just day, can't, bro. Can't accept that you're good at something. I know how to take <laughs> criticism. I'll tell you that much. Not well. No, yeah, that is the two-edged <laughs> sword. I can't take a compliment, and I damn sure can't take criticism. So. Damn, can't you just got to be kind of neutral to me. <laughs> uh, that's where you go into the zone of not caring about anything at all. Right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, please go check us out on Patreon. Please go support us over there. We could really use it. And uh, I guess we will see you over there in a few days. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you know, Keep be good. Keep rocking in the free world. That's right. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.